Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group, adopting data as a product and using data to propel your mission forward. It's Tuesday, January 10th, 2023. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast where you'll hear the latest news and trends facing government leaders. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. NASA has a new chief technologist. A.C. Sharania will serve as principal advisor to Administrator Bill Nelson on technology policy and programs at the agency's headquarters in D.C. Sharania joins from industry working in management and business development roles at several aeronautics companies. The State Department is launching a new envoy focused on diplomacy and emerging technology. The Office of the Special Envoy for Critical and Emerging Technology will be dedicated to the intersection of technology and diplomacy. Seth Center will serve as the Deputy Envoy, tasked with standing up and building out the office. You can read more about these stories and more at fedscoop.com. The number one CRM, Salesforce Customer 360 for Public Sector, is an integrated platform for public services. It features relationship management, case management, and lots more. To learn more, go to salesforce.com government. The federal data strategy turns four years old this June. The strategy is leading a transformation across government, making data more accessible and actionable to more users. My Scoop News Group colleague Wyatt Cash recently sat down with Citizenship and Immigration Services Chief Data Officer Beth Puchek and ICF's Joshua Phillips to discuss how they're leading this transformation at their organizations. In this highlight from the discussion, Puchek starts by explaining some of the data sharing challenges USCIS faces. Data is everybody's job. Nobody owns it. So the most important thing we can do is to promote that mindset and to help everyone understand the importance of sharing data across our domains, across our lines of business. One of the ways that we've seen um, to really solidify that in people's minds is through the use of an enterprise data strategy. Um, So four years ago, we published our first data strategy and three years later, um, we just finished our, our update, our revision to that. And it's a really great opportunity for us to all collectively um, synchronize around the data management challenges that we have and the ultimate vision that we have for utilizing our data as an asset collectively. And Joshua, I'm curious, you have a kind of a broader perspective across the federal government. What else are you seeing that agencies are doing to really try to, uh, again, manage and share data uh, when they're having to deal with multiple domains? Sure. Well, I I think it's important to consider data a mission-critical product in its own right, Uh, rather than thinking of only the reports or visualizations or tools that use that data. So that product thinking helps ensure that the proper attention uh, to data quality and interoperability is applied and maintained over uh, over time. So uh, there's a technique called uh, domain-driven design that's really proven itself in the delivery of software components. And then in the context of data analytics, I think it helps us identify those data products. So this domain-driven data as a product perspective helps inform interoperability standards as well as data warehouse design to enable that sharing of uh, anal- and, and sharing and analysis across domains. Um, the Open Data Act and the adoption of open data standards and RESTful APIs 
those have been really valuable in making data available for secondary use, but to support these more rapid collaborations among agencies and, and cross-domain analytics, I think that other data access patterns are required, such as event-based streaming, bulk transfer mechanisms, and federated data lakes. Um, interoperability standards and technology solutions now exist for implementing these, these kinds of data access patterns. So, you know, with these data as a product principles and modern data ac access mechanisms, agencies, I think, can more readily now, uh, they're, they're, they're more able to meet these mission objectives, such as increasing data quality so that they can enable these more forward-looking approaches and applying ML techniques um, to their data or coordinating responses to these rapidly evolving emergencies like we experienced with COVID-19. Well, I'd like to dive a little deeper and um, talk about some best data management practices, things like whether to federate data or centralize storing data. And I'd be curious, how, how do you see best data management practices evolving? And in particular, you know, um, how, you know, how can it help um, you know, propel missions uh, versus holding them back if best practices aren't put in place. Uh, Beth, maybe you could start with that. Sure. Well, actually, I think Joshua uh, hit on some really great points um, on exactly that that concept, using data as a product so that we are clear on the importance of interoperability across domains. That's something that um, has really um, yielded some benefits in my agency. Um, we, our uh, chief information officer has promoted the domain-driven design um, concept here, and it really has helped us um, as we synchronize our data in our data lake in the cloud and um, made it really available to help support, again, not just those reports and, and statistics and dashboards, but really helping to drive the mission. We're able to bring data together to make um, to make our processes a lot more efficient um, so that we're um, making sure that our, our human workforce is spending time on work that only humans can do. And Josh, your additional thoughts on that topic? Sure, I, I think it's useful to consider uh, the trade-offs uh, between uh, you know, federated versus centralized data management functions uh, rather than selecting what would see between what seem to be dichotomous models. So we know that on the one hand, uh, coordination is required to ensure consistent enforcement of access controls and data standards. But on the other hand, we know that these centralized data management teams and centralized compute resources tend not to scale well in, in larger organizations. So I think organizations benefit from empowering domain owners or lines of business uh, to deliver their data as a high quality product to the enterprise in a federated fashion. Um, but these data owners also need to be enabled uh, through an enterprise level suite of automated and self-service tools. So in practice, this might involve defining an automated CICD or data ops pipeline uh, for delivering data marts to a federated data lake house where these pipelines ensure that data quality standards and access controls are enforced consistently across the enterprise. Uh, in my experience, this, this federated approach has helped organizations propel their missions by increasing the velocity of their teams. So 
An example that I like to point to is at the uh, Center for uh, Medicare and Medicaid Services within the quality payment program. So with the appropriate suite of automated and self-service tools, that line of business was able to reduce their policy simulation time by some 99%. And, and this really enabled the policy analysis team to evaluate more potential uh, policy changes that better guide their program uh, toward achieving its goals. Well, Beth, I'd love to ask you this next question and that re revolves around the cloud. So I'm curious, you know, how is the cloud helping to um, not only create, but scale a cohesive data management environment uh, that supports, you know, a wide range of data workloads? Again, Joshua really uh, teed this one up nicely for me, but I think um, having both the, you know, the, that right mix of a, a federated um, approach to data management, but also um, having a centralized offering of, of the tools of the governance is really what makes that possible and accelerates our ability to deliver um, really anything. We have been, uh, we've had our data in the cloud for years and have been continuously uh, porting more and more into it. Um, and it's really been a critical enabler for us to be able um, to, to perform our mission just faster. Um, the one area where I'd love to um, see the federal government continue to grow is um, having every agency be in the cloud so that we can share uh, our data more seamlessly. Um, we do a lot of sending back and forth. We do share it, but it's how we share it that can get better through the use of these uh, cloud-based technologies and you know, building a data mesh that will help, um, help us in times of crisis, um, like Operation Allies Welcome, um, Uniting for Ukraine, and uh, many more uh, crises that I'm sure have um, yet to come. And Joshua, what else are you seeing in the way that the cloud is really enabling uh, chief data officers, if you will, to really get a better handle on how they manage uh, all the data they're being asked to manage? Yeah, well, you know, you know, building on what uh, Beth was saying, you know, that the cloud is enabling uh, these scenarios that weren't previously uh, practical, and especially in the in the data analytics world. And I think the the some of the key enablers here um, are the ability to separate you know, storage from compute, uh, and then to allocate computing resources on demand. So, uh, uh, for example, in the past. Analytic tools uh, to support, let's say, healthcare fraud detection or perform regulatory survey, surveys, they were focused on in looking at individual providers. Um, but in order for uh, agencies to take this more proactive and forward-looking approach, they need to be able to analyze uh, and look across, uh, uh, you know, beneficiaries and, and providers um, and identify trends and patterns. So. These kinds of scenarios, these forward-looking scenarios, require access to more data and more compute resources. Um, and in addition to that, in order to innovate, um, data scientists need to be able to rapidly explore these large data sets and experiment with various machine learning algorithms. So the cloud enables this kind of innovative behavior uh, by empowering these kinds of users to provision their compute resources on demand and then discard them uh, when they're finished. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and then lastly, I'd like to just touch on the the um, growing importance of the chief data officer in federal agencies. It's a relatively new title, even if the role's been around for a while. Uh, Beth, talk to me a little about how how would you describe the impact that CDOs are having uh, either in your agency or your peers and other agencies in developing um, a common governance and a, and a data management framework to support uh, unified data access across multiple domains? I think the most important role that I play uh, to do that is really to bring awareness to the importance of this topic, the importance of governance and management. Because um, in order to take advantage of all of these cloud-based technologies, um, more sophisticated analytics that these brilliant data scientists fresh out of school want to be able to perform, we need really strong data management and governance practices in place. We need to have great business rules. We need to have common definitions across our multiple different domains. Um, so, we can't have the great visualizations, the tools that make uh, creating insights and making decisions um, possible without having strong uh, data management practices in place. In DHS, I think we're really fortunate to have um, this uh, construct of an immigration data um, community because <clears throat> citizenship and immigration services isn't the only player in the immigration domain, of course. We've got other components within the department. We also have the Department of Justice, um, Health and Human Services, the Department of State. So um, the demonstration of being able to come to common data standards and definitions with these you know, gigantic players proves that it's possible and really um, lays the foundation for us to technically share our data in these cloud-to-cloud -cloud, um, data meshes in the future much more seamlessly. Makes a lot of sense. So Joshua, how are you seeing uh, the growing impact that CDOs are having in federal agencies? Well, I, I recall uh, seeing in the, uh, the, the, the CDO Data Council reports that you know, many uh, CDOs in, in various agencies had reported that it was, it was difficult to begin building that momentum uh, toward achieving these, these larger goals of common governance and unified um, data access. And so they called out a need uh, for strategies to help you know, build this momentum. Um, I think an important first step is to begin involving line of business users in the analytics process so that they can clearly see how analytics supports their mission. Uh, and one way to do this is to provide these self-service tools like dashboards, uh, which clearly support these tactical objectives in the short term, um, and then help create the appetite and momentum for these longer term um, uh, strategic initiatives. Uh, another important step is to enable the lines of business to begin delivering their own data as products using good software engineering practices like data ops pipelines. So with these pipelines in place, I think CIOs, CTOs begin to see how data products fit into the software development process in a manner that's analogous to the operational components that they might be more familiar with, like microservices, for example. Um, so by engaging domain owners and IT leadership in this way, I think we can motivate these enterprise level activities like integration of identity providers, and entitlement services 
into technologies like AWS Lake Formation and Databricks Unity Catalog or others that have be, become available in recent years for applying access controls uh, in a unified way across a federated data lake house, for example. Joshua, I'd love to add to that. You make a really great point about the role of a CDO and promoting a data culture in an organization. And I think that that's the most important thing that I can do as a CDO in CIS is helping to helping the domain owners and really every single person and persona in the agency understand how data relates to their job because it does it's everybody's job um, our data strategy has certainly um, helped to promote that data culture but things like um, appropriate per, more personalized uh, data data literacy training um, analytics training to help people again understand where data fits in their world and how it can make their job better easier, faster, um, is, uh, is certainly something that will accelerate the, the whole collective moving forward. That's such a great point. Well, Beth Puchek and Joshua Phillips, thank you so much for taking time to share some of your respective insights on the evolution of the CDO in federal government and why it's so important to agency missions. So thank you both for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, Wyatt. You can learn more about data in government at the dailyscooppodcast.com. Coming on Thursday's episode of the Daily Scoop podcast, how the National Archives has digitized over 200 million pages of government records. NARA's Chief Innovation Officer Pamela Wright tells me how her organization is undertaking this effort. That show debuts Thursday afternoon at fedscoop.com and wherever you get your podcasts. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher help put the show together and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. Talk to you again Thursday afternoon. Until then, I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening.